people are going to be wowed and blown away by when you say, oh, this is actually, I have a day job. And they're like, what? And that way, when the opportunity comes, as it did for me, you may not be ready. Like I wasn't ready when I lost my day job to do my thing full time, but you're going to be prepared because you did it. You put in the work now and you followed up with that mindset. So are you a professional or are you a hobbyist? Perspective Podcast is fuel for your mind and creative grind. Each week, we break down the art of healthy hustling, overcoming the inner critic, and growing your creative business. What's going on? You're listening to episode 195 of the Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Scotty Russell of Perspective Collective, and my mission is to help you grow a fulfilling, profitable, and sustainable creative side hustle, or whatever your creative pursuits may be. At the end of each episode, I plug a listener of the week, so stick around to figure out how you can get a permanent shout-out on a future episode. You don't need a massive following to be successful. You can crush it with a small to mid-sized hyper-engaged following. There's no overnight growth hack or secret formula to do this. The right way is by growing one person at a time over time. It starts with why you're doing what you're doing in the first place, who it's for, and understanding why they should care. With that being said, are you ready to build an engaged community around you and your work the right way? If so, then download the free Engage Community Guide over at engagecommunityguide.com. Consider this an appetizer to the big entree I'm working on that'll be dropping January 13th. That's coming at you soon. Moving on to today's topic. Starting from late 2019 through 2020 has been an insane ride. It all stems from making the scary transition to self-employment after getting let go from my corporate safe day job. And in this past year, I've grown and learned a lot. I admit, being self-employed, doing your thing full-time is super dope. I love it. I was born for this. And it also seems to be the dream so many creatives like you aspire to do too. At the same time though, I'll be honest, it's hella over-glorified. This shit is hard as your back is literally against the wall every day. The risks are high when you lack the reliable income safety net that a day job provides. And most people aren't cut out for it. Just to be completely transparent, that's what I take pride in, is being transparent. Most people aren't cut out for it, and that's okay. I'm learning you have to be mentally tough, flexible, open-minded, focused, disciplined, and extremely borderline obsessed and just driven if you want to play this game long-term. And technically... My official one-year anniversary of self-employment is January 11, 2021, right around the corner, and that's officially when my severance package ran out from getting let go of the last job. However, I still want to do a recap of the top lessons I've learned in my first almost full year of doing Perspective Collective full-time, and I want to keep this super raw, hella transparent, but at the same time, I'm trying to plant some seeds of hope and action for you to slowly implement over time. That way, you can start taking the necessary steps to prepare for this venture if that's what you're truly wanting to do. So here are my top 11 lessons to survive and thrive as a self-employed creative. Before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by Garm Company. That stands for Graphic Artist Resource Merchant, and they are a newly opened boutique-style shop for designer tools, resources, and goods crafted together with some of the most talented designers in the business. Their textures, brushes, fonts, and courses help you achieve that highly desired professional polish while saving you tons of time and not breaking your bank. So visit garmcompany.com slash scotty, that's scotty with two T's and a Y, and use the code PIZZA20 to take 20% off your purchase. 
And this even works on sale items. So if something's 50% off somehow, they're running a deal, you can use Pizza 20 on top of it for an extra 20% off. Killer. I know, right? Again, that's garmcompany.com slash Scotty Pizza 20. Also, shout out to you Patreon supporters who financially back the show. Like my family at Iron Bean Coffee Company, with as little as your weekly cup of coffee, your support directly helps the show continue to grow, allowing me to invest in the podcast team, equipment, and hosting. To learn more about how to back us and the pledging rewards that you'll get, visit patreon.com slash perspective podcast. We couldn't do what we do without you, so thank you so much. And one final thing, if you found value in this episode, it would mean the world to me if you took a screenshot or a video of you working to this in the background. Tag me on Instagram stories so we can connect and I can reshare the love back. And as always, keep an open mind and act on anything that inspires you today. Let's go. Here we go. Kicking this off with lesson number one. You got to establish those healthy routines. That's been so important. Take care of your home. And what I mean by this is self-care is the best care. And there's this quote from Kobe Yamada. Be good to yourself. If you don't take care of your body, wherever you live. Hence why I'm saying take care of your home. And for me, one of the biggest things that's been huge for me is my morning rituals. And this is something I've had to get back into. I lost track of it when I started self-employment and with kids at home and then COVID hitting just so many different things. And into this last quarter, I've been getting back into my morning rituals, which has helped me get here when it was a side hustle. So that's why I think my morning times is what really treated myself as a professional and what exploded my work. So my current morning rituals, I, a book I want to recommend is My Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. I want to make sure I add that in the show notes. Let me take a note. My Miracle Morning show notes. But here's my current Miracle Morning ritual going on right now. So I wake up early. I try to get up an hour before. I don't want to say try. I get up an hour before my normal wake up time of 6 a.m. So I get up at 5 a.m. Start the day with some lemon water. I sit in silence. I stretch. I do a morning meditation and then I read. And that, I feel, helps me get more aligned and in tune with my body. And then it also results in my productivity and my energy levels just skyrocketing. And something else I do to take care of my home, my body, is I hit the gym minimum five days a week. This is a non-negotiable. I like who I am as a person. It releases endorphins. It gives me more confidence, more energy, and boosts my creativity. So the gym absolute non-negotiable that that's that's my wife knows about it everybody knows if if I have anything to do with our overlap in our schedules you know I'm going to the gym I got to get it it gets my mind and my body right next listen to your body and give yourself permission to rest your body is going to tell you when it's reaching your limits and that's a big 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 weakness of mine is not listening to my body and I know this is something that's going around I didn't make this uh phrase up I've seen multiple people I know say this but rest but don't quit Rest, but don't quit. Super powerful. And I want you to envision yourself as a car who's gunning it towards a specific destination. The journey is full of ups and downs. There's no GPS, but no matter what, stay the course. When things get tough, don't give up. Don't stop. Don't turn around. Don't head back to where you were. Instead, stop if you need to. Fuel up or recharge the battery when necessary. If you got a, if you got a smart car, you got an electronic Tesla out there, or just pump the brakes or hit cruise control, right? Don't stop and turn around and head back. Stay the course. And the last thing, nope, this isn't the last thing. Another thing under this uh, top lesson of established healthy routines, bake in light at the end of the tunnel. And doing this helps avoid burnout. And I try to do this 
every seventh week of the podcast. So if you hear a best hits coming on, it's because I've implemented a light at the end of the tunnel. The only time I may miss the seventh week, if there's something important, that's like a launch or something around from promotional reasons. So that's why I say I try for most of the time, 90% of the time, I'm going to take that every seventh week off. Okay. Lesson number two, have a plan. And if you're one of my students, you know, I preach this all the time. So important to have a plan. And for me having a plan this year, what I started working on was creating a visual calendar within a project manager. I switched over to Notion this year. It's free. It's great. I'll mention that in the show notes as well. Start by planning quarterly. And you could even do this like if you're someone right now just doing passion projects. You can start building this into your disciplined routine now. So start by planning quarterly and view this as like four separate sprints. And by viewing and breaking your year down into quarters, it allows you to set big targets for the year. Like once a quarter, I'm going to tackle this. I'm going to tackle this. Like Q1, I am going to do a coaching program and potentially a product launch. Q2, I'm going to do this. Q3 is another coaching program launch. Q4 is another product launch. So when you know the big items you want to tackle, from there, you can break them up into smaller achievable tasks. So understand what's your big target and then break it down, reverse engine it for there. So when you start by planning quarterly, well, then next you want to break your quarters into monthly planning. And once you get your kind of months planned down, then you want to go deeper and start breaking down your months into weekly planning. And from there, your weekly planning gets positioned into daily planning. And I think that's where I thrive the most. And that's where I want to challenge you to really work on is plan your next day's attack the night before. And that was huge for me. That was huge when this Perspective Collective was a side hustle. I would plan my nights before. And then I would wake up in the morning and I would grind before I even clocked in at the day job. I would get like my biggest top priority done first thing before I even went to the day job and clocked in on someone else's dream because I had a plan the night before. So very powerful stuff. Have a plan. Number three, lesson number three, master the art of saying no. Can't say I've mastered it, but damn it, I've gotten a lot better, especially this year doing your thankful time. You have to protect your finite time and energy. No one is going to do it for you. You can always make more money, but you can never get back your time. All right, protect your time. And protect your energy too, especially this year with how 2020 has been with a pandemic and election year. Oh my goodness, you got to protect your energy. You have to do it. Otherwise, you're going to fall for the trap and being online for social media, not treating social media like it's a tool and get lost in scrolling and get lost in the comments, getting lost in other people's posts. It's horrible. Social media is a tool. You got to say no to that shit when you start like veering off the course. And you have to know what's most important to you during the season that you're in that's going to make the biggest impact on your business. And I'm saying you, but really this is me, what I'm learning, but I'm like positioning it to you because maybe I'm talking and saying something you need to hear right now. And also important for me, which hopefully is important for you too, is you got to adapt the motto or the filter. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. So if you're just starting off in the beginning, I said yes to everything. Experiment. You can still experiment with intention. And I talk about that in an Instagram TV session a couple weeks ago now I'm speaking in the future so a couple weeks ago go to my Instagram TV but saying no when you've kind of found your groove and you're ready to explode and take your stuff to the next step you're ready to take yourself more seriously and get uh, bigger results you're past the introductory or the exploratory phase is what I like to call it you're ready to go to the next level well hell yes and hell no is going to come into play so saying no it gives you the power to say yes to the main things that move your business forward your side hustle forward So whenever you say yes, anytime you say yes, you fill your time. Anytime you say no, you create more bandwidth and more room and more allocated time blocks 
for a hell yes opportunity to come your way. So if you just say yes to something that just sounds kind of cool, it's a kind of good opportunity, but it doesn't truly align to what you want to do, what you want to be known for, what you're trying to accomplish during this season, during this quarter, during this month or this week. Well, what you really just did was just say no to that future move, that future hell yes opportunity. So just saying yes to things that aren't lighting you up, it's going to take up your time. It's, it's, it's filling your time for something more important that could be coming your way. And this is an important quote that I, I heard recently is, focus is not about what you say yes to. Focus is about what you say no to. So if you have a hard time focusing, it's probably because you said yes to too many things. Shiny object syndrome, Superman syndrome, you got too much on your plate. And this quote from Steve Jobs, uh, people think focus means saying yes to the thing you've got to focus on, but that's not what it means at all. It means saying no to the hundred other good ideas that there are. You have to pick carefully. So focus is about what you say no to. Important thing right there. Number four. This is, this is huge for me. This is year after year after year. I'm learning to do this better and better and better. And this has been a massive one for me, especially now that I, I have 40 hours a week to do me, even though it's probably more than 40. But do one thing at a time. Again, my fall 2020 students, man, I am just like drilling this in them, their heads because this works, all right? You have to be more intentional and the hardest. Yet the best thing I begin to implement in my practice for the last couple of years is focusing on doing one thing at a time instead of trying to multitask. When I find myself doing too much, I usually get stressed out. I have mad anxiety. I feel super overwhelmed and I usually get burnt out because I'm doing all the things. Superman syndrome, like plate stacked high of a bunch of shit that's not even important. Or I get too paralyzed to take any type of action because there's so much I want to do, even though it's not important, aka shiny object syndrome. So when you're multitasking, you're splitting your focus and your energy and you're getting subpar results. And the homie Ron Swanson from Parks and Recs out there said, never half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. And I couldn't agree with that more. The first time I heard it, I thought it was funny, but a couple more years into it after I heard it, I'm like, damn, that is so true. Go all in on one thing at a time. Do one thing each day. That's going to help you get to where you want to be instead of looking at this massive task list that feels impossible to attack. You don't know where to start. Because you don't have your priorities straight and you're trying to do everything all at once. And something I uh, read in the book, The One Thing from Gary Kelly, like another thing I need to add to the show notes here. He talks about creating a bunker and sweeping for mines. So creating a bunker, what he's essentially saying is optimize your work environment, clear it out, eliminate distractions, and then sweep for mines. So eliminate all potential distractions. So optimize your work environment. For me, it's closing the door so my cats can't get down here, um, setting the lights down low, just getting my my work environment, my atmosphere dialed in, ready to go. And then when I sweep for mines, I'm closing out all the browsers. I'm setting stuff to do not disturb mode. I'm making sure wifey just knows like the calendar says Scotty's in a busy block right now. Just don't call, don't bother Scotty unless it's an emergency. So that's what I mean by sweeping for mines. And doing this, creating a bunker and sweeping for mines, it's going to help you become a better master of your time and project management because now you're operating from a single top priority versus that mountain of tasks that I talked about before. And here's another important thing. When you knock out the one thing, tackle the next important priority, the next important task on your list. Instead of trying to do three things at once and all of them are trying to share the top priority, do the first thing. What's the number one thing? When that's done, go to the next thing. So you right now with your side hustle, if you could tackle one thing each day, maybe you only have 15 or 30 minutes each day, what's the one thing that you could do right now that would be most important for your business. So maybe the one thing is you got to finish your drawing that'll go out 
within three days. You have three days to do it. So maybe in two days, your first A task is to get started, get 50% done. That's that's day one. That's a huge task. If you can get through that, hell yeah. Maybe day two is you got to finish the drawing and take a photo of it. Day three, you got to write the cash in and get it posted later. At. That's how it would work for me. So that one big task can be broken into several smaller tasks. Let's go to number five. Accept that the work will be there tomorrow. Accept that your day is a success if you knocked out your top most important task. So if you did one thing a day each day, that is just going to compound and build insane momentum over time. Even if you only have 15 to 30 minutes a day, that's fine. My student Wilmar just crushes it right now with 15, 30 minutes a day. You know, he's a beast and all just strings and compounds and leads to insane momentum doing that over and over each day. And if you could just do one thing done each day, then that's a success. And all the other tasks that were on your list, accept that that's going to be there tomorrow. The rest of your work isn't going anywhere. Wake up ready to tackle the next one big thing the following day. Plan it the night before. Number six, know when to delegate, eliminate, and hit pause. You don't have to do all the things all the time. Do less, but better. That has been my New Year's uh, habit the last three years going on four years this year. Okay, that's, that's me getting better and better because I suffered from shiny object syndrome and Superman syndrome. Do less, but better. Do less, but better. I need to get that shit tatted on my forehead or just something sometime. That way, when I look in the mirror, I just remind myself, okay, okay, you don't have to say yes to everything. And if you have the means, delegate your admin work to someone to free you up for more bigger picture top priority tasks. Like I, I brought on a podcast editor, Anya, a couple years ago. With any side hustle money I made, it was just delegated to go towards Anya. Then I brought on Paige to help me with proofreading. Then Colton came on and helped me with a video. And now Hannah's helping me with social media on the podcast account just because I can't maintain it all as well as my main account, Perspective Collective. Eliminate the non-essentials that don't serve you or your business. Uh, for example, I was doing this pizza account. I love drawing pizza and I made a, a fresh slice Friday little prompt. I was drawing a slice of pizza every Friday and would go on my pizza drawing only. But then it was taking me away from the podcast and more important opportunities. So that was just something I had to eliminate. It was fun, but it wasn't serving me at all. At all. I thought maybe I would land a job, a pizza client. And then I was like, you know what? I don't even care about freelance. So why am I doing this? So we talked about delegate, eliminate, and then hit pause and put things you'd like to do but aren't important on the back burner. This isn't a life sentence as you don't have to say no forever to whatever it is that you really want to like attempt, but maybe it's just not a good fit during the season. It's more of a distraction. So delegate, eliminate, or hit pause. Number seven, do what's most important versus most fun. And this is, if you're going to do your thing full time, whew, this is hard. This is hard, but your work should be play right now. I, I, I hope, I hope what I put out there in the world is helping people tap into the work that feels like play versus comparing themselves and their past to what someone else is doing. Give yourself permission for that exploratory phase to really find what work lights you up. Like the work I do every day lights me up, but it's not always the most creatively fulfilling and fun. So often the top priorities that move your business forward don't typically scratch the creatively fulfilled itch, if that's a thing, you know? Like for me, drawing is super creatively fulfilling and therapeutic, but I just don't have the bandwidth during these seasons because I need to make money and I don't do freelance. My money comes from affiliates, sponsors now, um, coaching, and products. That's that's it. That's where I can make the biggest impact too and provide the most value to people. So 
just me drawing is more of a selfish thing these days. Yes, I still think it's important, but during this season, it's just something I have to say no to and accept that my fulfillment needs to come in other ways in terms of impact, not necessarily just therapeutic and drawing and getting lost in a drawing. Uh, for me, having conversations, generating leads, serving students, and creating hyper-focused content is what propels my business forward and writing, outlining, podcasts, um, scheduling stuff with other people and just constantly building new relationships. You know, that's the shit that moves my business forward opposed to my love for drawing. And I think for you listening on the other end, this is a professional versus a hobbyist mindset. Yeah, things can be fun and I think it's important to have some fun, but at the same time, like you feel like you're not getting traction, maybe it's because you're operating as a hobbyist versus a professional. If you're complaining about an algorithm, you know, holding you back, maybe it's because you're a hobbyist and you're not a professional and you're not worried about doing the important work. You're worried about getting likes and comments on your stuff when there's something more important to it, like maybe building an engaged community around your stuff, but doing it the right way. But you're so worried about other people's likes and comments and their engagement that you're losing sight of what you should be doing or what you could be doing differently. You're just too close and too wrapped up in it. And something else, um, delayed gratification. That is huge. Patience, 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 patience. And I know for me, eventually I'm going to get to a point where I can pencil in time blocks to just play more often. But I'm not fully there yet. I don't have my fully funded six months of expenses covered up, you know, so my family is ready to go. If something happened where work doesn't come in, we're going to be all right. I don't have that fully built up and funded yet, that emergency fund, that nest egg, you know, so I can't fully start investing until I get that funded. That's like my goal right now. And that's what I mean by do what's most important versus what's fun and most creatively fulfilling. There's other ways to be fulfilled through impact and service and making a difference in people's lives. So providing value. And that's what I'm focused on because to me, that brings in more money for my business. Number eight, Mondays are better than Fridays. If you hate Mondays, it's most likely because you hate your job and you don't have anything in your life you're excited to pursue. If I'm keeping it 100 with you, just keeping it real. Loving Mondays in a traditional world that hates them is a choice. It's a mindset. It's a professional mindset. If you can master the mindset that Mondays are dope, when you have a day job, Mondays are going to become your favorite day of the week when you're able to do your thing full time. I worked in a corporate atmosphere and everybody's like, oh, Mondays, oh, oh got to get through the day today or two more days until Friday. They live for the weekends. I'm like, dude, you're done. Like, I can't be around you. You're toxic for me. I, I'm picking up your bad energy. You know, I went into it. Mondays are dope. Mondays are a day I get to pursue my business, my side hustle. I get to get better. I get to make an impact on people. Mondays are dope. You know, weekends are dope too because I get to be with my family, but like, Mondays are sick. I love me some Mondays. Get me in my zone, start my morning off, get my miracle morning routine done, and then just come and crush it with my work. Love it. Number nine, expect chaos and in parentheses I have and do your best to plan for it, but that's basically impossible. So being self-employed is a roller coaster and you need to expect the unexpected and there's always some type of fire to put out. Like There's always going to be something popping up. And this year alone, I've had to navigate through a pandemic. My kiddo's getting sick. Uh, my wife has been having some health issues in this last quarter of the year, um, which sucks. And we're trying to figure it out. We haven't figured it out yet, but there's just so much more going on that you don't necessarily know about. And you got to expect that chaos. Being an entrepreneur means you got to be able to handle chaos and just respond. Take responsibility for whatever happens. Don't play a victim of your circumstances and just how are you going to respond? 
And that's, that's what it is with all, everything on my plate. It's always just mindset. Me and wifey, me and Emily's motto is like, roll with the punches. All right. That's, that's what we're made from grit. We persevere. We've been through some shit together and we just roll with the punches. That's the mindset. Number 10, document, journal, and organize. It's important to journal what's on your mind and what you're grateful for. You got to get stuff out of your mind onto paper, onto screen, whatever, type it out there versus internalizing it. And acknowledging things you're grateful for each day will put the bigger picture of how good you have it into perspective. And when you don't focus on gratitude, you start focusing from a mindset of lack. You see what someone else has that you don't have. You see what someone else is doing and you're not doing. You lose sight of the cool shit you have accomplished. You lose sight of the wins, whether big or small, that you had this year. You lose sight of the shit that someone else in some worse circumstance would kill to have what you have right now. Would kill to have the ability to build some type of side hustle business or draw and share your work on Instagram. Like People would kill to have what you have. Those Nikes on your feet. That car you're driving. Even if it's a busted up turd that you're driving. Someone would kill to have what you have. Have some gratitude. Collect your ideas. Don't let them escape and become someone else's. So for me, I I will never run out of ideas to talk about when content or whatever I'm drawing. I have ideas that I just haven't been able to get to for years. And that way, if for some weird chance I had some spare time and nothing to do and I was bored, like I can't be bored. I have too many ideas I want to capitalize on. So I collect my ideas in Notion. You could use a task app manager like AnyDo or some type of to-do list. Uh, you could use your iCloud notes, your field notes book, a planner, whatever. But if you have an idea, collect that shit. And I prefer it more in Notion. That way it's cloud-based. I can track it anywhere. iPad, my phone if I'm sleeping at night and have a great idea, hurry up, go type it into Notion. That way I can go act on it sometime. Document your conversations. Document people's struggles and questions. When people are like asking you, hey, how do you do this? Or man, I really struggle with it. How do you do it? Document that shit. You know, and then start noticing patterns and routines if the same questions keep getting brought up. Uh, document when people give you compliments or give you some type of motivational, empowering, appreciation, appreciative like text or email, just something random. Document that stuff. You never know when you're going to need to reference something. You never know when you're going to have a shitty day and need to look back on like that nice thing someone said to remind you that you're not a worthless turd. And something else important, hoard your victories. Just gave this assignment to my uh, fall students, but track all your smaller big wins you've had throughout the year. This allows you to timestamp moments to look back on. It also documents measurable growth to silence that inner critic. Again, at the end of the year, you're going to see people with their top nines, um, their top nine most successful posts of the year, or all the dope things they've accomplished, all the times they traveled or the big talks they give. Your inner critic is going to try to convince you you're not doing enough. That's why it's important to hoard your victories, and I hoard mine in Notion. I have a separate page called 2020 Wins. I just hoard them all there. That way, I organize them by month, and I can look back, and I can see measurable growth that I've made in the year versus wondering like, wow, did I even do anything important this year? Track everything. Small, big wins. You made a $2 sticker sale, but it's your first one. It's a huge win. Uh, last one under document, journal, and organize is organization is key. Properly store and organize your files, your conversations, file names, paperwork, storage, backup storage from there too. This is going to make things so much easier to find and just being organized is also going to significantly reduce anxiety and stress levels. Number 11, the last one, get your money right. This could have been number one, but everything I mentioned in number one through 10 could technically all live with under this realms. It's all aligned and it's hard to thrive in life, let alone your creative business when you don't control your money 
Instead, it's controlling you. So getting your finances in check. What do I mean by this? For me, it's setting targets. This, can, this could overlap with having a plan. How much money do you want to make this year? How much money do you want to make per quarter? Well, then break that down. How much money do you need? To, how much money then from there do you need to make per month, then per week or per day to hit that target for what you want to make in a year? Now, what moves and plans do you need to do to, in order to accomplish this? Hmm? What do you need to say no to so you can start saying yes to something else? What do you need to get off your plate so you can scale and think bigger picture? Hmm. Setting targets. Getting your finances in check means having a budget. Constraints in the creative world are great. Constraints are great within the world of finances as well. Having these constraints and having a budget, it puts you in control of knowing what money is coming in and what money is going out and what do you have left over. And operating with a constraint, having a budget, that's huge for me and my family. And that always leaves some leftover money we can now put it towards our savings or put invest in something important like a Four Seasons porch we want to do next year. So things like that. Getting your finances in check means paying off debt. The best thing I could have ever done for myself was starting to take control of my finances and start like attacking debt vigilantly, savagely back in July 2019. My wife and I officially just got out over a hundred something thousand dollars worth of debt in a year and a half. Um, we just got done with it September 11th at 930 a.m. 2020. Best thing I could have ever done. All right. It freed me up to make bigger risks. It freed me up to actually make the leap to do my thing full time. Significantly decreases stress and anxiety. It frees up your income. Again, it enables you to take more risks, invest and scale your business, hire help, delegate, relax, and then just take more breaks because you're good, homie. All right. If you don't work tomorrow and you're self-employed, but you got money saved up or you realize like you got, you paid off all your debts, you're good. You could take a break. And I'm working to implementing that more in 2021. I'll talk about where I'm trying to get better at, but uh, getting your finances in check means making a profit account. Instead of taking taxes off first, pay yourself by starting small. For example, 1% of anything you make, put it over to a profit account. And instead of hoping you get money back now when you do quarterly or yearly taxes, you know for a fact you still have money, uh, you have profit on the side. Mm, big tip right there. It also means having a system for accounting. What I mean by this is having something that tracks incoming revenue, monitoring expense reports, staying on top of quarterly taxes, etc. And for me, I use a free online software called Wave, waveapps.com, I believe. So go check that out versus like FreshBooks or QuickBooks into it. It's free. It's fucking free. Also important, getting your money in check means building a rainy day fund. Start off with like uh, Dave Ramsey says, $1,000 for your emergency fund. Now, wife and I are working to have three to six months of expenses saved up for both life, just living expenses, as well as my business. So trying to have both of them. Uh, then have an investing strategy. And since I was let go last year, our focus has just been strictly on eliminating debt. And now that we're through that, we're focused on building up our emergency funds. And behind the scenes, I'm preparing our next moves to become investing machines so we can fire, which means financially independent and retire early. All right. So I have an investment strategy, but I'm doing one thing at a time. So eliminating debt, done. Now it is to build our emergency funds, getting close to that. And then it's all about investing. So overall, wanting to make more money is a good thing. And freeing up your income, ridding yourself of consumer debt, and being smart with your money is even better. When your money's in check, you have more options and freedom in life. And making more money allows me to scale quicker, take more risk, invest in my family, and myself and make a bigger impact on people. 
So I want to round this off with bonus uh, areas for improvement that I need to improve on that I see are like my blind spots, my weaknesses. And I'm going to fire these off quick. So here's a list of areas uh, I need to improve in. Saying no without the need to explain myself. I'm getting good at saying no, but sometimes I just feel like the need to explain myself and I don't need to. I don't need to. Um, I also need to get better about delegating design work. That's really hard for me. I'm very close to it. I have uh, this podcast is a podcast for designers and creatives. So I want this shit to like pay attention to the details. And sometimes I overassess about the details and I need to like offload some more stuff and trust people. I need to pre-schedule some vacations. I grinded hard as hell this year and I never baked in the light at the end of the tunnel for vacations, something I knew better at. My wife literally pulls me away and forces me to go out of town for a weekend or something. So um, I need to get better at quarterly and monthly planning. That's something I'm really working on. I need to know my options for insurance, especially if I'm able to bring Emily home in the next year or two. I need to know what other people are doing. And then finally, in 2021, I need to implement my investment strategy. So I need to get back to investing. There's definitely more, but those are the main ones I'm putting my focus into. And let's let's end this off by talking about your next steps. That's everything I learned this year. Hopefully, you're learning some important things there too, but doing your thing full-time isn't supposed to be easy. It's not cut out for everyone. If you still decide this path is for you and you want to pursue it, I hope you're able to pinpoint some areas that maybe you need to be more intentional in now so you're prepared for when the time comes. And start taking yourself seriously. Start taking your craft, yourself, and your creative business more seriously right now. Approach each day like a professional, not a hobbyist. Treat your side hustle like it's your full-time grind already. That's what I did. And people are going to be wowed and blown away by when you say, oh, this is actually, I have a day job. And they're like, what? And that way, when the opportunity comes, as it did for me, you may not be ready. Like, I wasn't ready when I lost my day job to do my thing full-time, but you're going to be prepared. Because you did it, you put in the work now, and you followed up with that mindset. So, are you a professional or are you a hobbyist? PC family, I hope you enjoyed this little recap of the biggest lessons I've learned in my first year of self-employment. That way, that way you can survive and thrive if that ever happens to come your way when this type of opportunity and you get thrown into the fire to do your thing and you've been building it and finally you get to say yes to you and your dream. And the majority of these lessons are things I slowly learned and implementing when this was a side hustle for me for five and a half years. So if you dream of doing your work full time, pinpoint some of those areas I mentioned and get to work, you know, find those areas that your weaknesses are in, find those weaknesses or blind spots that you have and put in the work, get to work. You can find the full episode link in the form of a blog post containing all links and references in the show notes. And this all lives within your current podcast listening app. Again, if you found value in this one, share it with your friends, your family, your following, if you feel like they could find it useful too, or just connect with me. I would love to know what your top takeaway with this one was. Like, Share it with me. I would love to hear it. And if the show has helped you along your creative grind, could you do me a solid and leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts or iTunes? Not only does it help the show climb the charts in the arts design category, but it staples you in as a future listener of the week. And today's listener of the week is titled, This Podcast Helped Me Respark My Lost Passion. And they state, oh, this one's from Z Morris, by the way, and they state, this podcast has been so helpful to me in this stage of my creative journey. It's really reigniting a lost passion for me. I got burned out on my last day job and recently quit and started a new gig. I'm taking this time to grow professionally, clear my head from my last job, and provide that stability for my wife while I sharpen my skills, explore side projects, and hone in on what I really want to do with my talents in my life. Yes. 
called the exploratory phase, my friends. I recommend this podcast for every creative out there that needs something new, inspirational, and a fresh perspective in their lives. Thanks for creating this, Scotty. Z Morris, Zach Morris, I believe. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you and our little interactions on uh, Instagram so far. And as I sign off, I want to give a huge shout out to my podcast editor, Anya Brennan, my executive assistant, Paige Garland, video specialist, Colton Bacher, social media coordinator, Hannah Schick, and Nick Jenkins of Blue for all the dope theme music you hear on the show. And as you finish off your week strong and finish off your year strong, I want to encourage you to keep showing up, keep putting the work, and keep creating. You got this.